For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo! Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's happening, Rebels? We have another episode during this lockdown. How are you handling it? How are you feeling? Oh, I think we need to give ourselves and each other a lot of grace in this time. Give our spouses grace, give ourselves grace, give our kids grace. This is a crazy, crazy time, and people are handling it very differently. So give each other a little grace during this time. Got a good program today. Ellen Martin on a Moms on the Mic edition talking about how to have meaningful conversations with your children. This is very apropos to this time since we're around our kids 24 hours a day now. A lot of people aren't used to that. We're not used to connecting with our children all day long, all night long, having our spouses there all day, all night. And so this is going to help you uh, ease into meaningful conversations with your kids. And you might try it on your spouse too. Let's dive into it. Here is Ellen Martin on this Moms on a Mic edition of Rebel Parenting. What's happening, Rebels? Good morning, everybody, or good, good afternoon, see- whenever you're listening. <laughs> yeah, good morning, good <laughs> afternoon, good evening, good to see you. Yeah. Uh, it's a little heavy. A little the, bit. The world is a little heavy right yeah. now. <laughs> I'm not sure if we will re-air this in the future or not. We'll probably just have Ellen back on again. We are at home. We are quarantining. School has been canceled indefinitely. And I am so excited for our guest today. We've got Ellen Martin on talking Mm -hmm. about how to have meaningful and sometimes hard conversations with our kids. Ellen has two seminary degrees, a master's in Christian education and a master of divinity. She has homeschooled her kids for six years. She has five boys. Yeah, five boys. Five boys. So I think we've got a great topic for today. Mm -hmm. Not just talking to kids about the coronavirus and what's going on, but Anytime you have hard conversations or you want to have more meaningful conversations, I think Ellen is a great person to talk to. So appreciate you being on the program today, Ellen. Thank you so much. It's really great to be here. Too bad I can't see you. <laughs> I know. But we've got Maybe your book up on time. the screen. We've got your photo on the screen. So you are mm-hmm. being seen, even though we are not doing live video today. Well, and I think I am just so excited to have you, Ellen, because I think it's just a perfect time for people to get clear about how to have meaningful conversations with their yeah. children. And yeah, there's, so, think- there's I'm sorry, there's so much going on. I had a friend who said, you know, they hadn't gone to the supermarket yet and they just went and shelves were empty. And she said, you know, I just broke down and cried in the supermarket. And I was like, I totally, totally hear you. And... When our kids see this happen, it can be totally scary. You know, like, hey, what's going on? Parents are breaking down. We're all worried. You know, there's this major disruption in our life. School has been canceled. We don't know when it's going to come back. And there are lots and lots of questions out there. How did you get interested in this subject? What made you want to write a book on conversations with children? Yeah, that's a really good question. Talking with kids has always been the most natural, easy thing for me ever. Mm. (laughs) I had a child ask me years ago when I was director of youth and children ministries at a church in Southern Illinois, what is your husband's name? And I said, I don't know. I haven't met him yet. (laughs) If I had said that to an adult, they would have thought I was ridiculous. (laughs) Right. But this sweet little four-year-old who was right beside me said, 
I wonder what he looks like. And I said, me too. And we had this lovely conversation and that's just how I've always been with kids. Hmm. Someone said to me years ago, Ellen, you have an amazing way of being with kids and talking with them like they're people. And my response was, well, they are. (laughs) (laughs) So I used to say all the time, I'm not good at anything. And like doing concrete things, I was never the kid picked for sports. I was never the kid asked to do this art project, like tangible things aren't my best, but talking with kids and helping adults get an understanding of where kids are coming from, Mm. that seemed to be thing that people echoed again and again and again. So long story short, the book itself, my work started with a a workshop I created called The Talk, Embrace the Sacred Gift, pitched it at Asbury University or Seminary four years ago. Mm. And it just was this really great experience. And during that workshop, when I would do it again and again, I would ask parents, what are conversations you have with your kids? And the idea was, this is just going to be another conversation you add in your family. Hmm. But what I was noticing was most people were writing things that they talk to or at their kids about, right? not things they actually talk with their children about. Yeah, because yeah. that's a and, huge distinction. Oh, it, huge it really yeah. is. And so seeing that pattern again and again, I thought we need some help here. Yeah. yeah. So then the book was born. Well, so how do we, I mean, I'm just going to start there. How do we talk with our children, especially right now? Because I feel like, you know, everyone's dictating these things to us and we're trying to tell them what to do. So quickly, you know, it was, we're not sure if we're going to close school. Only if these certain things happen, we're going to close school. And then now we're definitely closing school. All the gyms have closed. You know, our normal routine has been completely turned upside down. No, mine's just as normal as ever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not. And every day it's changing. Yeah. So I think that the trick to how do we have conversations with our kids is we have to realize that it's an exchange. Mm. It's not a top down. It's an equilateral. Yes. Right. And so that is kind of the beginning of making the shift. You know, imagine having conversation with each other and Ryan is always, Laura, picking the topic. Yep. Always. (laughs) And you're not interested in some of his topics that he picks, but he's insisting that you continue to engage him. That's not a conversation anyone wants to be a part of. For sure. Yeah. It's an obligatory, oh my gosh, when is this going to be over kind of moment. And often as parents, we don't realize that that's what we do to our children. You know, we say, oh, how was school today? And in that moment, they don't want to talk about it. They want to talk about a snack or going out to play, but Mm. we dig in with how was school today or we get frustrated and we give up. So the the difference is letting them be the one to set the tone for, you know, how was school today? Oh, it was fine. Can I have a snack? Mm. Right. Sure. Yeah. Are you hungry? Yeah. Well, what did you have for lunch today? Oh, I didn't have enough. Oh, well, we've got carrot sticks, apples Mm. or popcorn leftover Mm. from last night. Which one would you like? Oh, I think I'll take popcorn. And then if they continue to engage, great. If they don't, depending on their age, you know, I have a 15 year old. Odds are he's done. Yeah. And that's okay because it'll loop back around later. Right. I've got a six year old, though, who's more verbose than anybody in our house. Mm -hmm. He may talk ad nauseum to me. (laughs) about the his day. So part of it is learning how to listen to our kids and connecting where their interests are. I was just thinking about that because I think what I'm noticing right now is a lot of parents aren't listening. Right. And they think they're listening, but I'm like, "Mm, 
I don't know. Do you know what listening means? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the truth is, is sometimes it's really hard to listen yes. because we really don't care about the thing they're talking about. For sure. And I think overall, most <sighs> moms and dads don't want to admit that because that's exactly I right. know for me, that's what's going on. I'm distracted. I'm concerned. I'm a little worried right now. So I'm not yeah. listening to anybody. I'm kind of, you know, just let's clean the house. Let's do this. Let's sure. do that. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. And, Ellen, and the truth can I ask is a question about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think our kids so intuitively hear frustration in our voices when, (laughs) you know, like I wanted to talk about this and you're not talking about this. And then there's that little tone that comes in and you can see it in their eyes like, oh, I've done something. And it's like, Uh no, I've actually done something sometimes. And I'm not saying we don't, you know, actively don't listen to our kids, but sometimes when my little one wants to talk, she's got so many words and <laughs> I'll ask her, how was your day? Tell me about your day. And she will just, boom, she's off and running. And it's not that I'm not paying attention to her, but I'm doing the thing where I'm trying to keep her talking. And I don't, I'm not sure if it matters if I'm a hundred percent engaged in that moment of conversation, but that she thinks I'm listening and she feels that she's being heard by me. That's exactly right. Like I have a child who is mechanically very inclined. Mm. Yeah. And he has always been that way. When he was little with Tinker Toys, he would ask me to do Mm. something and I'd say, baby, it just won't work. And he's like, but I can try. And I would say, sure, you can try. Mm. And I'd walk away and he'd come back and say, mom, I did it. And I'd just be shocked. He was four and he would make a slewing gear crane and the slewing gear would pivot 360 degrees and he'd have counterweights on. I know. And I'm like, wow, how did he make this thing? He's still that way at 15. Mm. And so he wants to talk to me about things that <laughs> I'm not even finding the language right now to yeah, share with you. Leverage. So one of the things that I do is I have to say, okay, I don't know what that is. Could you tell me what that word means? Mm. Oh, you know, or you know what, Ma, I'm really visual. So can you draw a picture for me? So instead of the conversation, you know, the ultimately conversation, it's shared. Yes, right. So because he's older, he knows if I'm not listening to him. Exactly. Yeah. People he's know. got all the body Even children language. Know it. I, yeah. For oh, sure. But a chatty little six-year-old doesn't really care. They just want to talk, (laughs) you know, and if you're hearing enough to be able to ask a question, they're going to just keep running with it. But your older kids, that gets a little trickier. So what I've started doing is saying, you know, I don't really know anything about this. Can you be my teacher? Mm. And that's how our conversations are supported. Another thing is, is that I'll do for success with a child who likes to talk a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm either distracted in general or don't have a lot of time. I will say, you know what, let me wrap up what I'm doing. And when the timer goes off, you've got me for 10 minutes. That's a big deal at my house with five kids. Sure, yep. sure. You know, so setting aside time and giving it to them, mm. that's one of the things that helps us learn how to listen and be engaged. Definitely. Ellen, well, can you talk to the parent where they're like, oh my goodness, I'm home. All my kids are home. I'm trying to work from home. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> and you want me to stop my day and listen to whatever it is. My And here's what I want to say back. One, yeah. Yes, it's different. Yes, it might be difficult in the beginning. Sure, you might get frustrated. Yes, there's a million things going on. And especially in this time of change, in this time of unknowing, 
it's really important to get on your kid's level. I had Laura taught me that one to get down, especially with my daughter because she's so much shorter than my son is looking me in the eye now. So I don't have to do that mm. anymore. But with my Lou, yeah. I have to get on my knees and look her in the eye. And then she's like, oh, I've got your attention now. Now you're actually yeah. listening and paying attention to me. Talk mm. to the parent where it's like, oh my goodness, really? This now? Right. So there are a lot of things with that actually to make it successful. Mm. I am a parent coach and sometimes you got to really break that down because I can say, oh, just do this and this. And they're like, yeah, that doesn't work in my house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So one, in short, I would say that conversation is a practice. Mm. You know, it's a truly is a discipline of love that we offer to people in our lives, that we offer to our spouses, that we offer to our children, that we offer to our friends, because it's a way that we say, I see you. And I hear you and I honor you. Yeah. So nobody does those things without error. Yes. So the idea that it's a practice means that you just start wherever you are mm. and you focus on the one skill that you want to acquire. Yes. And, you know, when I do workshops for this that are face to face or on Zoom, you know, I once had a mom say, I'm not good at any of those things. Mm. And I said, you feel like that's an accurate statement. You're truly not good at any of these things. And she said, I'm not. And I said, what's the one thing you would like to give to your kids? Mm -hmm. And she named it. And we stopped and we prayed. Mm. And we ended up just going around the room and saying, what is the one thing you want to give to your child that's part of the practice of conversation that you know you have not yet given them? Mm. And so we prayed that that would become a practice that they could have victory in where Jesus, well, God had parented them as his child. Yeah. And that we in turn are parenting and loving our child because he is assisting us in growing up in Christ through this practice. Mm. So one, I would just say in general, no one's arrived yeah. at any, any practice. Mm. I mean, ask my kids last night, I got really impatient in a conversation between two of my kids and myself and I lost it yeah. and didn't handle it well. And one child went upstairs crying and the oldest child, I look at him and I was like, major mom fail. Yeah. He's like, and he goes, yep. And mm. I was like, Okay, so now I have to make this right. Yep. And the conversation yeah. that followed was, can you forgive me? Yep. And the answer was, I don't know. Mm. Ellen, I and love that you're saying that. I just want to stop there real quick. Thanks. Because yeah. I think you're not alone. I mean, that just no. gives so many moms a breath of fresh <laughs> no. air right now. And just to realize when we blow it, we can be human in front of them and oh. tell them we're a work in progress, too. We're just bigger oh. versions of you. So let us I mean, go again. Totally. Mm. And how else do we learn forgiveness exactly. if we don't practice it? Amen. How else do we learn confession if we don't practice it? Yeah. How else do we learn redemption and restoration if we don't practice it? I mean, you know, I have two seminary degrees and those sound like theological church words. But the truth is. <laughs> their life. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, so it became when you did this, it really hurt my feelings. And I said, I know mama blew it. Yeah. I send in my anger and I blew it. And you're going to hurt until you forgive me, but you don't have to forgive me until you're ready. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I just laid with him mm -hmm. and I said, my hand is here for you to hold when you're ready. And we laid there and I just waited in the silence. Mm -hmm. And when he started talking to me, it shifted gears. Yeah. And, you know, he eventually said, I forgive you. And I said, thank you. Thank you that I am forgiven. I said, that means all's well between us now. And he said, yeah. And he held my hand. Mm. So sometimes that's the conversation. Yep. Sure. In the midst of developing the practice, I'd say the other thing is be kind to yourself. Hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. be kind to yourself sure. as yeah. you're learning something new. Mm. We're all going to be together right now more than we're used to. Yes. And... <laughs> 
our defaults are going to flare and our weak spots are going to shine. Yeah. But in the midst of that, it's an opportunity for the strength of Christ to yes. shine as well. Yeah. And so I would say be patient mm. and continue to lift up and say, Lord, help me. The other thing about boundaries is mm. we're not always available. Yes. Yeah. Ryan, you said, you know, what about for the working parent from home who really does have to get things done? I kicked my kids out onto our five acres yeah. before this. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, everybody was eating lunch. And I said, okay, so here's the deal. I'm setting a timer. And when it goes off, you need to pick up lunch. Yeah. And when it went off, everything had to be picked up. And I said, okay, now I'm setting another timer. And by the time it goes out, you have to be outside. Yeah. And it gave me five minutes after that timer for somebody to have not done the right thing. And for me to deal with that and still get in here to be with you all. Sure. Yeah. And they have things in their life that are really important to them. So I'll say, you know how I get you to soccer practice on time when we have soccer practice? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, yes. Well, I need you to let me to get my, to my thing on time. Mm-hmm. And the way that you can help me do that is by giving me this space. I need the house to be quiet. This is stuff I do when you're at school and you're home today. So I need you to give me this space. Well, suddenly this is how we serve one another. Yeah. Yep. I'm not just kicking them out. I'm saying, help me the way I help you. And that's helping us be family. Yeah, being Definitely. all together. Well, and mm. let me ask this and kind of make a comment on it, Ellen. I think there's a lot of people listening that are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. My parents never did this stuff. And I say this a lot on Rebel Parenting, especially when it comes to things like conversations with kids or feelings or therapy. There are so many things that past generations didn't do. Whether it was cultural, whether it was just the era or the time, we are having to learn brand new skills that were never exhibited in our own homes. I mean, especially the further you go back, children were seen, not heard. It was not ask your kids how they feel, what do they think, do they have input, do they wanna give their opinion? I mean, that would have been ludicrous in past generations. And so if this feels new, if it feels different. Well, it is. It's probably very different for a lot of you. You're probably treating your kids very differently than your parents treated you. You're probably asking your kids questions your parents never would have asked you. Mm. And so, yes, this is very new and very different and you won't get it right the first time. It's just going again, trying again. Mm. Oh yeah. I mean, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know who James Dobson was until I was in my twenties. I'm how old am I now? How old am I? I didn't know who he was until I met Ryan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> funny. I, I'm 44. Mm. And, you know, I opted not to read your dad's books about raising my boys. Mm-hmm. So, and my dad, he was a drug dealer. Mm. He was a coke addict. My mom's married to her third husband. So this isn't about the gifts we were or were not given. Yeah. This is about who Christ invites us to be. Today. And, mm-hmm. you know, when Jesus says, you know, when we see in the Gospels that Jesus picks up this child and places him on his lap and says, you know, this is what welcome is. They weren't even a common denominator children in Jesus's day. Yeah. They were off to the side. They are unimportant. They have no value. Mm -hmm. And when you truly welcome someone, they know they're valuable. Yeah. And so part of it is not what you're going to do, but maybe why you want to do it. Do you want your children to know that they have great worth, that they are made in the image of God? And 
when that's your starting point, then how that plays out looks different for every family. Mm. I have a line of like a list of just little one liners in one of the chapters in my book. And one of them is different families, different rules. Yes. Mm. We have a lot of friends. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. they might do that at their home, but we don't do it in our home. And when you say different families, different rules, no one's the bad guy. Exactly. Right. You know, we're not better than them and they're not better than us. Our family just works this way because it works for us. So the way I do conversation with my kids, it's not going to be the way you all do conversation with your kids. Even if you read my book and absolutely love it and pick up a lot of stuff from it. It's going to look like the Dobson household, just like we look like the Martin household. So So what are some other boundaries you think during this time that we might need to utilize more as we're engaging Mm -hmm. our children? Yeah. So I would say I have a section called Obstacles, Opportunities, and Challenges. That's a chapter. Mm. And one of them, we have what are called ACOs, FCOs, and KCOs. Okay. ACO is adult conversation only. (laughs) Yes. That's stuff my husband and I, when the kids were little, we would lock ourselves in our bathroom with the fan on (laughs) and talk. Yes. That's perfect. We now have the luxury because we've lived this way a long time of saying, hey, this is an ACO. You'll have to excuse us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we're in our room talking and they leave because yeah. they know they are not invited into the conversation. It's not theirs. Mm-hmm. Correct. We also have FCO, family conversation only. Hmm. That stuff that we talk about with one another that we're not ready to share with those that we share our lives with. Yeah, like friends, grandparents. Yeah, Yeah, that is such a clear boundary. Yeah, It is. And it's so empowering for kids. Yes. Like we're in on this. We're part of the team. Yep. Right. And that changes things. I've had some parents say, but what if they don't? trust it like what if they yeah. tell others i'm like well in conversation you have to take risk yep yeah yeah but you honor your children and they will honor you mm-hmm. the family mm-hmm. conversation we're having a lot of family conversation and we're having more adult conversation only my husband and i right now than we've had to have in a long time you know are we gonna let our kids get together and play right now Right. Are we inviting people into our home right now? Yes. <laughs> you know, All these are things. we doing yep. this? Are we doing that? And right. so the kids say, hey, can we do blank? And I say, I'm going to have to talk to your dad. I'll get back to you. Yeah, just hold on. <laughs> and that's a good and, one, too, because what you're saying is dad and I are going to be on the same page. You can't go to one and then go to the other to try to manipulate and get your way. We're going to have an adult conversation only. And then we'll talk to you about this because we want to be on the same page and present a stable environment for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they still do do this. Of they course. try. That. Oh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but smart. at least you're modeling like, hey, yeah. we're unified. We're one accord. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and also even when we're not in agreement, not saying, you know, well, I want to do this, but dad wants to do that. Oh my gosh, I wanted to so bad Saturday. So I looked like the good parent yep. to the 15 year old. That happens. And I didn't, but my husband and I, we came to one decision on Friday and we wake up Saturday morning and he's like, I think we need to revisit that. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I think we should let him do this. And I was like, well, you're the one who gets to eat crow because you were the one who said he didn't, couldn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I made him be the one to, you know, be the parent who changed their mind. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we have a lot of adult conversation only and then family conversation only. And then the kids, I don't know when they created this. When we were homeschooling still, one day I walk into a room and I was like, hey, what's going on? And they look up at me and say, KCO. And I said, KCO, what's that? Kid conversation only? Mm-hmm. And I smiled and I laughed. 
after <laughs> after I got over feeling a little offended. Yes. Yeah. Like, wait. Yeah. Because I thought, wait a second, I'm the mother. We don't have KCOs. Yeah. And then I thought, no, Ellen, you have ACOs and they know it. Yep. They are not invited in and you have modeled so well that yeah. they are embracing this for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, Lord, look at what you're doing. This is beautiful. So once I got past my initial offense and arrogance, mm-hmm. I was able to embrace they have their own relationship. Yeah. Right. And they are choosing to share things within it. And this is wonderful. So that has expanded to BCOs, brother conversation only, mm-hmm. FCOs, friend conversation only. At a workshop I did, somebody's like, oh my gosh, I can use this for my staff stuff. And I was like, yeah, now you've got SCOs, staff conversation yes. only. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's been fun at different workshops how that's just blossomed from three categories to endless boundaries mm-hmm. where conversations can thrive because we know who's included. And you're yeah, giving well, them the trust that they need. They yes. need oh. to see that you trust them with each other. You trust them because you've modeled it. And if they make a mistake, they make a mistake. We were just in Northern California and our son and daughter, Lincoln and Lucy, were having their own private conversation as we walked through a park. And at first I was like, what are they talking about? What's going on? I want to know what information is being discussed. What are they deciding without us? And then I thought, you know what? It's just so great. I'm so glad they Mm -hmm. like each other enough to have their own conversation. I'm so glad they'll do this on their own without being forced. And I'm going to count this as a blessing. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. I watch my boys sometimes because, you know, kids fight. It's just part of being family, right? Right, sure. right. And I I watch sometimes and I think they will have each other forever yep. because they're choosing each other now. Yes. Right. And it's so promising, mm. all the potential that I can see through this. Mm. Yeah. And really with talking with our kids, we're creating a relationship for a lifetime. Yes. That's really what conversation's offering us. Mm. I can remember interviewing different people for my book and... um I had a classmate from seminary I became friends with and stayed in touch with. And I knew that for holidays, they didn't like going home. Raised in a quote unquote Christian home. Here I'd been raised in anything but an obvious Christian home. And I was so kind of confused when I got to seminary and saw that again and again. Yeah. Here were all these people raised in these healthy, seemingly God-loving homes. Yeah. And their relationships with their parents were really broken. Yeah. And here I had had really sin marred relationships with both my mother and father. And yet we had really healthy, thriving adult relationships yes. because we'd been willing to have hard conversations with each other. To have the difficult and conversations. So, yeah. yeah. And so, as I said to someone the other day, you know, maybe we should sit down as a family and read scripture together more at our house. I've been kind of challenged by that internally lately in prayer life, but man, I know we live it. And uh, I think sometimes we need a lot more actual living Mm. and sharing and living out God's word, maybe than just reading it at each other. And I I say that with a lot of humility because God's word is of great worth and significance. I mean, I can remember reading Isaiah 55 and saying, that's what you did for me, Lord. You know, and someone sent me a thing the other day about Ezra 4 and how they saw that as an analogy in my life. And I'm like, yes. I mean, his word breathes life into us. But because that's what it is, we have to live it out with our kids in relationships. Mm. And that's what conversation affords us an opportunity to do. Oh, Hmm. definitely. You know, that's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. I was 
talking about this coronavirus situation and talking to our kids and where does our hope lie and where does our faith lie. And it reminded yeah. me of something that my dad said a long time ago. He said, values with your children are rarely taught, but they are right. often caught. Your yeah. kids watch you. You can say whatever you want, but if your actions are different than your words, they're going to catch on to that very, very quickly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. We love cooking in our family. Yeah. yeah. And when the kids were little, one of them said to me, mom, is that for us or someone else? And I thought, they know. Mm. They know that I cook for other families. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I just was like, wow, they see so much more than we know. Yep. Yeah. And then the things that we actually spend our lives talking about, those are the things we truly value. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. There's really not much more to say than that. No, I appreciate it. There is an interesting thing about being honest. You know, when there is a very difficult situation going on, and this is where a family conversation only thing can happen. When Laura was going through cancer, I was handling it very poorly. I was trying to do it in private and Mm, I was still handling it poorly. I would just go into the garage and cry because I didn't want to just freak out in front of my kids. Yeah. And... Through a lot of therapy, my therapist was like, hey, your kids need to understand that you're upset and you're worried too. They're terrified. They've heard the cancer word. They don't know what the Mm -hmm. outcome is going to be. There is a surgery coming up. There's all these things going on. Mm -hmm. They feel it too. You can't just pretend to be okay. And that's where... I didn't want to have to have that hard of a conversation with my kids, especially at that age, because they felt so tiny and so young and vulnerable. And we were all going through it. Mm -hmm. Mommy has cancer and we're all really scared. And so now we have to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had that conversation about my dad. Yeah. Yeah. He had lung cancer. Mm. And, you know, I opened up the book with that illustration of that first conversation because cancer touches what? One in three lives. Right. That's a lot of people. And Mm. one of the things I struggled years ago with anxiety and mild depression. Mm -hmm. And I used to say when my kids are little and I would cry, honey, it's okay for mama to cry. Yes. Yeah. Part of what God allows us to feel is being sad and he is helping me. Mm. It's okay for mama to cry. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, that's enough. Mm-hmm. When we told the kids about cancer, one of the things that I say to people is help it make sense to your kids. Yeah. Their age level appropriate. Yeah. yeah. And so the oldest one was about eight at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, Papa has cancer. And I had said that I would tell them all about it later at dinner. And at that time, it was still easy for us to all eat dinner together. Right. <laughs> that gets a little trickier now. But, <laughs> you know, I said, Papa's sick. And they said, well, what's wrong with him? Does he have a cold? Or, you know, and I was like, Papa has something called cancer. And they said, well, he'll just go to the doctor and they'll give him medicine. Yeah. And I said, well, cancer is a little different. Yeah. They will go to the doctor and they will give him medicine. But cancer will do a few different things. It'll either say, oh, I don't like that medicine. I'll go away now. I said, or it'll get angry and throw a temper tantrum when the medicine comes Mm -hmm. and get bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I said, or it'll play peekaboo and it'll just go and hide somewhere else until they find it. Yeah. I said, cancer is just really tricky. And Papa's sad and he's scared and Mama's sad. And I just wanted you to know. Mm. Yeah. And that was enough. Yeah. 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 But it was was age appropriate. It was all the, you know, you're saying terribly hard things. 
at a level they can understand. Yeah. Yeah. And the truth is, is that's not easy for all of us. No. Yes. Um, no, it's, yeah. And after being told that again and again and again and again for probably a decade now, it's why I started doing parent coaching early yeah. this yeah. year. Smart. Because there are times where people need support yes. to say, how do we walk through this? Yep. I don't have a clue how to walk through this. Yeah. They know they need to, they want to, they just need some support. And that's what a coach does, yes, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. So that's why Laura been, and I do it too. So many times we need a third party. Like I talked oh, totally. about that with blind spots. Sometimes you need someone to look at you and go, Hey, I don't think you see this. And you need a safe person for that. Sometimes it can be your spouse, but sometimes you need a third party to go. I'm not sure you're seeing the whole picture. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. or if you say, I don't have any idea how to put one foot in front of the other to have someone come along and go, well, what about this? What about this idea? Yeah. I mean, I got a phone call from a family member to say that they were separated and going through a divorce Mm. and they just cried and said, what am I going to do? And I said, you're going to make a plan. And at some point that plan's going to fall apart (laughs) and then you're going to make a new plan. Mm. But today you're just going to put one foot in front of the other. And they were like, I can do that. And I said, yeah, "Yeah, you can do that. You know, and unfortunately I've walked with a few friends, close friends through divorces and nobody ever wants to get divorced. It's like a live death. It's it's awful, but we all have things that we didn't want to do that. We didn't hope we'd ever have to do. And you just have to respond. And with the coronavirus, you know, we had our first hard conversation on Friday Mm. and I thought it was going to be hard, but it wasn't. Mm. And I said, hey, so here's the deal. I went to the grocery store today and each time I go to the grocery store, there's less food there. (laughs) Yeah. And I said, so here's the deal. We have a freezer full of venison. Mm. And yeah, my husband loves to hunt and he's taught the oldest three boys how to hunt. That's a whole rite of passage thing at our house. Ryan, I see you cheering. What do you hunt? I got it. What do you hunt? He hunts everything. Yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a freezer full of antelope and elk. Right yeah, now. well, we live in Kentucky, so we don't have antelope. Mm-hmm. We have venison and elk country have to be drawn for. Yep. It's a lottery <laughs> thing. But so anyway, we have seven deer in our freezer and we have 21 laying hens and we have blackberries that my husband has cultivated from a wild bramble that looked like insanity to me (laughs) that I'm now actually really excited. That's awesome. And I said, you know, here's the deal. We're going to have food, but we're not going to be having the choices we're used to. Right. Yeah. So when we run out of milk, I'm not going to go to the store to get some because the risk is not worth going to get the milk. Right. This is what mom and dad have decided. You know, some of your listeners, depending on where they live, they're like, oh, please, we can still go get milk. Well, I'm so glad you can. Yeah. Right. But it's not as easy where I am. Yeah. And so I said, you know, so they're going to just be some things that are different mm-hmm. and it's going to be okay. Yeah. Right. We're not having church together face to face. Yep. That looks different. Yeah. We're not inviting people into our home right now. Yep. That looks different. So just having these conversations as they come yeah, and taking the risk and discovering that in the midst of them, it really invites us to walk by faith. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Man. Well, thank you, Ellen. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. You know, I feel relieved because there are more conversations we're going to have as this continues. Yep. And there's more conversations that we're going to have to have as life continues Oh, yeah. And this has given us so much help and wisdom as we tackle all those conversations. Yep. I'm glad to hear that. Somebody said that, but you're so good at this. And I laughed and I said, ask my children how good I am right. at it. Oh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yep. I just told my neighbor that sh- they were talking, you know, just about the stresses and anxieties. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, you can just go ask my children how I'm doing. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
But isn't that but, great for <laughs> us, though? Like, at home, my kids don't see us as podcasters or experts or, no. you know, it's just mom and dad. That's it. You yep. know, it's like, what? You're just regular parents. Yeah. Like, yep, we are. Totally. Yes, we're all parents. Mm -hmm. And with our kids, the the gift of humility is we're not more than that. Right now on Amazon, my book has only five star reviews, at least the last time I checked. And my 13 year old says, well, you know, somebody's going to give you a big fat one at some point. (laughs) And I was like, you're right. They will at some point. Thank you. Thank you for keeping perspective. Yeah. (laughs) So thanks for having me on. Thank you. It's been fantastic. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening, Rebels. We love and appreciate you. We are praying for you. If you need anything, if you need help, if you need resources, reach out. Help at rebelparenting.org. Help at rebelparenting.org. This, too, will pass. God bless, Rebels. See you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House and when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting and everyone does you can find it at rebelparenting.org Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999 That's R-E-B-E-L and the number is 444-999 We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family so thank you God bless Thanks for spending your time with us And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.